Hey there, and welcome to the Italian Football Daily Podcast. Hope you're having a good one, staying warm out there. A lot of things for you in this episode, including the semifinals of the Coppa Italia being set, Milan and Lazio on one side of the bracket, and Juventus versus Atalanta on the other. Torino has sacked Sinisa Mihailovic after losing to Juve 2-0 in the Copa quarterfinals, and while Philippe Coutinho's potential transfer to Barcelona may be what everyone is talking about across Europe, we have the latest transfer news in and out of Serie A. Paulo Dybala, Matteo Musacchio, Sergei Milinkovic, Savage, Brian Cristante, Manuel Locatelli, Marco Jaca, and more. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at ItalianFD. I'm Patrick Stoll, at Stoll underscore P. Joining me today, Joe Sirocco of Italian Football Daily, at Joe Antonio C. Joe, have you been staying warm in this frigid, blizzard-like uh, couple weeks that we've had here uh, on the East Coast? How are you doing, buddy? Uh, doing really well, Patrick. Um, thanks for having me on here. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm in my warm home right now. Uh, came home from work this afternoon, just freezing cold, and it's going to be uh, minus 40 tomorrow uh, up here in Canada. So I thought I'd be used to it by now, but uh, you can never really be too uh, too comfortable in this this kind of Arctic, uh, unusually cold for this time. We're uh, along the East Coast. I hope everybody listening stays safe out there on the East Coast. Uh, big snow coming in uh, um, in the United States, uh, even snowed in Florida. So, um, which is uh, weird. Everybody, which is just weird. Which is which is bizarre. Yeah. So everyone stay stay safe, stay warm. Um, but you, winter's here, so uh, it is what it is. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, same for me. It's it's just been way too cold. I mean, I live in D.C. and I mean, shoot, it's 19 degrees Fahrenheit here. It's just it's it's too cold like when 30 degrees fahrenheit is cold or excuse me warm that is in my mind a problem anyway so there's been a lot of Syria action uh there was some last uh over the weekend excuse me and of course there's been copa italia which sometimes flies under the radar um in the last podcast alex and matt santangelo uh talked about Milan's dramatic win over Inter. So I think it's only right to start with the final four of the Coppa Italia officially being set. It's Milan gets to play Lazio over two legs, and Atalanta gets Juve. Uh, Juve, of course, beating um, Torino uh, 2-0, which cost Sinisa Mihailovic his job, and Atalanta taking out Napoli. Uh First of all, what's your take on the Juventus win over Torino, uh, which again cost Sinisa Mihailovic's job? What do you think? Do you think Juventus are going to bring this home? Like, obviously, I think they can take care of Atalanta. Can anyone really dethrone Juve from this? Uh, that's a good question. Um, it seems to me that they're taking this tournament seriously. The Coppa Italia, not all teams um, really put their best foot forward in this tournament, as we saw with Roma being eliminated by Torino in the quarterfinals, and Inter uh, not really fielding as strong a team against Milan, even though it was a derby. Um, Juventus, again, the th- uh, champions, uh, three-time defending Coppa Italia champions, uh, uh, to me, just based on the bracket and the way they went out and fielded a strong side against uh, Torino, they really wanted uh, the victory. They really uh, went for it. Uh, in addition to that, it was a derby game uh, against a, a hated rival, so they felt the need to f- uh, put in a full squad. They looked very good uh, in a 2-0 win. Uh, second goal, very questionable uh, on the VAR call again. Once again, it seems every week that we're we're here talking about some sort of uh, criti- criticism about the uh, video replay system in Serie A. There's still no really criteria on when to, what to call, and what we don't really know what the referee is looking at when he goes under the hood. Um, unlike in the NFL and other sports here in North America where they show the same replays uh, in the broadcast booth to the audience as they do in stadium and as the referee is seeing it um, on his screen so 
it was was it a foul from Kadira on um, Aqua? Uh, yes, it was. Uh, the goal probably shouldn't have counted, but regardless, uh, Juventus dominated the game and they had many chances to really uh, win convincingly, even further than that. So I believe they would have won regardless. And at this point, they're facing Atalanta, who uh, have caused some trouble in a two-two draw earlier this season, who have been. Uh, very good. Once they're on their on their game, they're very very good, and as they've shown in the Europa League and in Serie A as well. But I don't believe that Juventus um, will win. Uh, this is their tournament to lose. Uh, I, they should get by Atalanta, no problem. Uh, I, I mean, anything could happen. But uh, even in a final scenario between Milan and Lazio, either either team, it'd be tough. Uh, I, Although Lazio did beat uh, Juventus surprisingly in the Supercoppa final in August, I don't really think anyone can unseed Juventus. But it depends. Uh, depends where they are in in the league in uh, by the final when, while the final rolls around, and where they are in Europe as well. But I think it's their tournament to lose, and I'm predicting a fourth straight Coppa Italia, record fourth straight, and their twelfth overall for the uh, Bianconeri, La Vecchia Signora. I agree with you. I do think that it's going to be hard for someone, anyone, to take out Juventus. I think that's going to be a tall task, especially Atalanta, who, yes, they've shown quality, but I, I just don't think, especially if Juve are taking this seriously alongside their Champions League run, I think it does. I think uh, them in the final will definitely depend on some fatigue uh, on the backside of Champions League. Uh, of course, we don't know how that exactly is going to work out, but I, I'm with you. I, I think it's going to be a, a tough call uh, to pick anyone over Juventus, especially Atalanta. Um, you know, Milan, if they get it all together, you know, they could probably give them a run for their money. They could probably play them tight for maybe 60 minutes, but Juve, with their consistency, end up coming out on top more often than not. They've done that for the past six years. Uh, and then Lazio, I think the same thing. Of course, they have beaten them before. Uh, they can play them tight, but I, I'm just not sure if that is something that someone, especially over two legs, Atlanta has to play Juve twice. Um, it, it, it was no surprise that Juve beat Torino 2-0. Uh, as you mentioned, the surprise was definitely the VAR incident. Um, and just to tackle that for a minute, I don't understand why in like anywhere that VAR is used, why does the ref or the official or someone say, do like they do in the NFL, where they go out and say, this was the call on the field, this is the call now. We have reversed the call. We are staying with the call. What is hard about that? Like, what would the issue be about saying, hey, we didn't see a penalty. After looking at it, that is a penalty. You know, just as an example, I don't understand why that is such a problem. But, you know, the final four being set, of course, again, Copa Italia normally runs a little bit under the radar. Uh, but the final four is set. Uh, Two-legged semifinal rounds. Milan, Lazio, and then Atalanta, Juventus. Um, Milan home first, Atalanta home first, and then uh, go to Juventus and to Lazio. Those will take place. Uh, the Milan-Lazio will be on the 31st of January, along with Atalanta, Juve, and then the return leg will be a month later, both of them on the 28th of February. Real quick, before we dive into some transfers, just a quick recap of match day 19. Uh, out of 38 in Serie A, you had Napoli beating Crotone 1-0. Uh, Fiorentina and Milan draw one apiece in Fiorentina. Um, Genoa, Torino, 0-0 draw. Benevento, 1-0 over Chievo. That's huge for them. Just absolutely huge for Benevento to finally get a win. Roma Sassuolo 1-1. Sampdoria 2-0. Just a professional win over Spal. 
Uh, and then Atalanta dropping to Cagliari, who uh, stuck it out despite a red card that was 2-1 Cagliari. Uh, Bologna dropping 2-1 to Udinese. Uh, and then Inter being held 0-0 with Lazio. Verona falling 3-1 to Juventus in something that just can't be described as shocking. Uh, and then, of course, the next round of matches, which we can get into uh, very shortly, uh, is uh, headlined by Fiorentina versus Inter. And then another interesting one that I would say is Roma hosting Atalanta. Depends which Atalanta team shows up, but still. So what match really stuck out to you in match day 19? Um, obviously, Benevento getting their first win. That's that's huge. Juve just blowing the doors off of Hellas Verona. Uh, Inter, nil-nil with Lazio. Those are all you know huge, and I'll get my take in a minute. But what do you think was the biggest moment or biggest match result of the weekend in Serie A? Yeah, it was an interesting uh, weekend in the Serie A. Uh, I would have to say uh, Roma tying Sassuolo, uh, Eusebio Di Francesco against his uh, ex-team. Big blow for Roma because uh, this is uh, a devastating blow. Now they're nine points back of of Napoli. They do have the game in hand. Uh, Mm. I mean, they're comfortably in fourth. That's not the issue, but they had legitimate... um, uh, they had a le- legitimate chance to really win, uh, contend for the Scudetto alongside uh, the the, re- the other three. It was very close, absolutely. And yeah. uh, now you know they're they've distanced them further, and they have to play the makeup game um, as well uh, this month, I believe. Uh, and uh, they, they they'll gain some ground there, um, hopefully. Uh, but this is this was a big blow for their title hopes. And going to their next match against Atalanta, that's a must-win. If they don't win that game, their season's done uh, in terms of uh, any aspirations for the championship. Uh, would be over without the full three points. Uh, Benevento, I think, was the, uh, I would say, close second. Finally, they got the win uh, late December, sure. but better late than never. Finally, a win yeah. for, their, yeah. for their struggling <laughs> struggling team. And they're a team that I, you know, I, was, following, I was following them uh, last year from from Inseria B because uh, being Southern Italian, I always love seeing Southern Italian teams uh, in the Serie A, uh, which yeah, is which yeah. was why I was so happy that Crotone, who is from my uh, my home region in Calabria, uh, making it going on that incredible run last year to to stave off relegation. Uh, perhaps not this time around, but um, I did uh, really enjoy Benevento's climb. Uh, through the playoff round to Serie B, it was it was great for the people. They're they're a very uh, colorful and passionate bunch down uh, in Benevento, which is not too far from Napoli, and mm-hmm. uh, they are ve- they draw very well at home. They've got about uh, they actually have their stadium holds about twelve thousand people. They're actually at over capacity, about a hundred and two percent stadium capacity. Uh, the fans love to come out for the games, and they're a very passionate supporter uh, group. So to, for them to get the win, will they they will be relegated, but it was nice to have yeah. them, to see them get some goals and, you know, uh, I mean, get a win rather. And uh, we'll see where they go from there. Anything's possible uh, in this season in Serie A. So you never know if they could string in a few good games. Who knows what could happen, but I'm, I'm glad that they got the, the monkey off their back finally before the year ended. And other than that, uh, I have to mention Inter once again, We've had a a pretty tough month of December, Uh, uh, tying uh, Lazio. uh, Lazio not getting any ground, but they're still in a decent spot in fifth place. Mm -hmm. Uh, But Inter lost ground again to Juventus and Napoli, and now have made it really, legitimately a three, two horse race at the top, barring uh, another shock result uh, from either Napoli or Juventus. but for Inter, I I don't know if they really believe they would win the Scudetto, but their aspirations were Champions League, and that's definitely going to happen. But sure. their, their run of form lately is a little bit concerning for Luciano Spalletti, who's not getting goals from his strikers, and maybe he's feeling a little bit of that lack of depth. And we'll get into that with the transfers. He had yeah. an int- he had an interesting quote today in in the, in the papers in Italy uh, about transfer rumors and how um, the FIFA fair play 
or UEFA fair play rather is is having an effect on their team and uh, I think they're just suffering from a lack of depth up front but um, they I wouldn't be too worried if you're an Inter fan uh, they don't have any more tournaments to they're not in Europe they're no longer in the Coppa Italia and they've got the Scudetto only to rely upon so their lack of depth really shouldn't be a factor going forward in the season because they can play their best players week in and week out uh, yeah. and, and knowing that Juve and Napoli still should keep an eye over their shoulders just in case because one slip up um, could reopen the race once again. Yeah, absolutely agreed. And just a note on Inter, since they played Juventus on the 12th, or excuse me, the 9th, um, in Turin, that was a nil-nil draw. Then they went to penalties in the round of 16 Coppa Italia against Perdinone, then lost to yeah, Udinese. Which who's in the third division. Yeah, who's in the third division, by the way. Um, and then Inter at home, losing 3-1 to Udinese. That's when I knew there was something going on. Not necessarily that there's something specific like, oh, you know, Mauro Cardi isn't happy or something. You know, not, nothing like that. Just like, okay, something is going wrong. This is another Inter collapse. And then they lose again to Sassuolo then they lose to Milan then a scoreless draw against Lazio just an absolute skid from uh, Luciano Spalletti's men has them now sitting in third um, not exactly solidly in third I was going to say like you know solidly in third no they are at 41 points 19 games played Roma has 39 points with 18 games played so they have that game in hand, Inter could fall to fourth, which is odd considering at the beginning of December, people were, you know, pretty high on Inter. And they're a great team, but, uh, you know, they they have just kind of hit a late season skid or mid season skid, excuse me, um, a late year skid. Uh, as for Benevento, one win against Kievo, one draw. That was Milan, 17 losses, 10 goals for, 41 goals against for a negative 31 goal differential and a grand total of four points. That is nine points off of 19th place. They would need 11 points to be out of the relegation zone. They're gone. They are out of Syria as far as I'm concerned. And that is why some people have started calling for, you know, an 18 team league. But I would agree with you. The big result was, um, uh, the big result for me was Inter zero, Lazio zero, just a lot of fight from both teams. And that's, that's a worse result for Inter than it is for Lazio. Lazio is sitting right in fifth 37 points they're seven points ahead of Sampdoria in sixth they're two points behind Roma uh so that's going to set up an insane derby della capitale later but um you know that that was the big result for me and I think you covered all the aspects of it uh Inter needed points they didn't get any they're six points behind Juve I I think Inter will need to get together I think they're going to add in the transfer window um, and they want to win the title. Obviously, I don't think they will. Um, they just haven't been nearly as consistent as Juve or Napoli, and that that hurts. But I'm not going to rule them out. I don't think they're going to win the title, but I'm not ruling them out because Chelsea in England last year with Antonio Conte only had one competition. They won the whole thing. They didn't need to worry about rotating or anything. This year, they have multiple competitions, and they're not, you know, standing out in any of them. You know, they're top four, but they're not standing out like they did last year. I think the same can be said for Inter. I think next year something similar might happen, but right now, this is their best shot. Uh, obviously, they kind of have to go all in <laughs> where they are, but I. Um, I think Champions League is well within their sights 
Um, moving on, let's just head into the silly season of transfers. Uh, Tis the season, the uh, the uh, window is officially open, uh, and the, how do I say this? The papers have been dominated by Philippe Coutinho's endless drama of Liverpool or Barcelona, Liverpool or Barcelona, which means I think a lot of Serie A transfers have flown under the radar. Um, you know, there are rumors about Paulo Dybala. So let's start with him. Uh, Joe, I know you're a Juve supporter. Um, I I know what my answer is. But scale of 1 to 10, 10 being definite, it's going to happen, and 1 being it's not going to happen, Paulo Dybala leaving. Do you mean in January or do you mean in June? January 1st. Like, in, in terms of him departing in January. Oh, there's, his, there's 1 out of 10, or I'll give it a negative 1 out of 10. Yeah, he's, he's, he's not, yeah, he's, he's not going to leave now. No chance. No chance. No, nah, he, no chance at all he, no that he will leave. Uh, Cup-tied. Yeah, I mean, yeah. for United... The fact that he's cup-tied, everything. Uh, yeah, it, no it wouldn't, uh, because Man U is way behind Manchester City. They're, they're cousins from across the, the bridge there. So they're um they're not going to win the Premier League, and they wouldn't be able to use DiBala in the Champions League, which is what the only thing that they can aspire to. So really, right. there would be no point. And on Juventus's end, why would they give him at a discount now? Uh, and and also they're they're gunning for three trophies uh, as well. So right. there's no way. And he's their best player still, even though he had his struggles. He's he's come back. He's hitting his form now. Uh, scoring right. a few goals, uh, uh, scoring the last three games, but um, he's their best player, and he's not going anywhere. For June, though, um, I this, this kind of reminds me. It's like a deja vu with the Paul Pogba situation, where um, yeah. he was being courted for a while, and uh, very similar. Like they're they're good friends uh, off the pitch, Paul Pogba and Paulo Dybala. Um, they're still very close, and they. Um, they're, they remain great friends. Uh, they played very well together in, in their year in 2015-16. Uh, um, Manchester United, uh, he, they definitely have the money. Uh, it, the ru- latest rumor in the papers say they were willing to offer 150 million euros. I think uh, Juventus would be keen to wait it out and demand for more. Uh, one of the reasons why uh, Giuseppe Marotta, the Juventus general manager, doesn't put release clauses uh, in contracts of players because as we saw with PSG and Neymar if a team is rich enough to do so they'll just uh, they'll pay that fee and uh, the other the, just the, yeah, yeah the other team cannot do a thing uh, as they did with Gonzalo Higuain uh, snatching him from from Napoli so uh, going back to the parallel between Pogba and Dybala I think it'll it's it'll remain to be seen what Adidas the kit maker of both Juventus and uh, Manchester United has a say in this because they were involved mm. in the Pogba transfer uh, ju- right. just as much as as Man U. Uh, the uh, Adidas representatives were uh, meeting with Mino Raiola and uh, Paul Pogba's entourage, trying to give him exclusive deals, and uh, they were filming a promo uh, commercials before the deal had been announced. Of course, they had probably had something under the table. Uh, beforehand, uh, as he was playing coy, playing possum uh, throughout the summer of 2016, uh, you know right. Manchester United is a bigger team internationally in terms of exposure and in terms of fans, in terms of branding. So it, between the two, Juventus and Man U, who would you want to have? Uh, what team would you want? What kit do you want your uh, marketable player like Paulo Dybala, who is? Uh, the Serie A player with the most social media followers across all platforms in Italy, one of the fastest growing social media accounts uh, in the world for footballers. Uh, he's got over 13 million and counting on Instagram alone. Mm-hmm. So uh, that will only go up. He's a very marketable player, very active on social media. He's got his own brand, the Dybala clothing. He's a marketable player. Uh, and for brand recognition, Man U would make a killing on kit sales. And, so, and thus Adidas would as well more so than uh, Juventus, even though they have been 
their brand has really taken off with the with the new logo. It's a very fresh logo. A lot of people didn't like it, but it's it's be it's it's pretty uh, pretty clean and very recognizable, very fresh. But it pales in comparison to Man U's buying power and brand. So, uh, I it, it very well could happen. I would say, from a, on a scale of one to ten, will DiBala go to Man U? Uh, I don't know if he'd go to Man. I would say maybe five out of ten to Man U, but six out of ten leaving in general. So he, I I think he could go to Barcelona. Uh, or a team in Spain, even Madrid, God sure. forbid. But who know, who yeah. knows? But I, I do think there's a six in ten, six out of uh, there's a six out of ten chance that he will leave in June, and hopefully it'll be for a hefty sum. If I was Juve, I would not go under two fifty million euros. Wow, uh, I would not 250. sell. I would not sell him two fifty. Yeah, if Neymar's, I mean Neymar set the bar so high, um, sure, and and he doesn't have a transfer a release clause, right? So. So set the bar there, and if he doesn't want to, if he wants to hold out, I doubt it because he doesn't seem like that type of player. He's he's got a pretty decent head on his shoulders, so I doubt he'll hold out uh, and cause drama. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, I would definitely, you know, why why not go go all in, uh, make him really gouge any team that, that's interested. One thing that Juventus could do, and what um, what has been rumored is that they would give him a contract extension, uh, whereby increasing his salary. And uh, simultaneously putting in a release clause, there was a, a report, unconfirmed report, about two months ago that they were thinking something in the range of just under three hundred million euros. Um, so, I mean, again, that was just speculation, but right. I would, I would aim very high. If if Messi's worth a billion and Ronaldo seven hundred million, and DiBala, from Allegri's words and himself and many of former players, even Messi himself has said he will be. Uh, touted as one of the best players in the world alongside Neymar in a few years because he's only 23. Mm. Uh, if he's going to be that valuable in a few years, especially if he has a good World Cup with Argentina, yep. uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't go anything less than than 250 to 300 million euros. And then I would get rid of I would I would sell him, and then Juve could have quite the the king's ransom to uh, to play a lot of money to play around with. So first of all, just on the number of 250 million. I think it's I think it's doable. I think it's reachable. I'm not sure if it will end up being that though. I definitely understand of let's get the most possible for him. Right? So you're not going to sell him July 1. This guy is going to be in a Juventus shirt in you know, let's say first week of August. But I think second week of August he's out. I think he's gone. I think he, you know, leaving in January, zero chance. No one has that money lying around right now. You, you, no one can use him in Champions League. Um, and those who would buy him either need him in Champions League or have the league wrapped up. So there's no point in him leaving in January. Uh, I've, I've seen the reports in Daily Mail, Mirror, uh, Independent, everywhere of... Man, you wants Paulo Dybala. I get it. Everyone wants Paulo Dybala. Okay, he's not leaving in January, so let's just put that aside for now. As for uh, June, July, August, I think he will leave. Uh, I'm not guaranteeing it though. I'm going to give a seven out of ten. I think he. I think he will end up leaving because whatever Juve want for him, right? So let's say. Uh, first of all, I'm going to say I saw a report that said, oh, Man U offered 60 million euros for Paulo Dybala, and, which is an absolute joke. Which is a joke. That is laughable. All right. 60 million will not get you. 60 million gets you um, an Andre Silva and a half. Okay. It does not get you. It gets you maybe Dybala's right arm. Maybe. Is that the one with the tattoo or is that his left arm? Either one. It's the one without the tattoo. That's what 60 million will get you of Dybala. He is worth every penny of what you are saying Juve should demand. He is worth, you know, negotiations should start at 150. 
Like, 150 is my basement offer. At the minimum. That I will even listen to. He will, I think, he'll go for around 2, 215. Just because I think if you get to 250, like 250, I think that's just so much money. Um, I think it's going to be hard to financial fair play that without some sort of loan or later fees or whatever, I would probably say 215 and then some add-ons of getting up to 240, right? So I, I think that's what he would do. And But also, for, for, Man, for Man United, uh, where would Dybala fit on their team? Because... That's, that's my problem with the team, is I've been trying to think, where does Dybala go on Man United's team? So if you look at Manchester United's roster, right? Dybala is not a midfielder. Yeah, Lukaku, um, they have Jesse Lingard. Rashford, Martial. Like, you can't... I, I'm, I'm just trying to figure out, right? So if you buy... What's his name? If you buy Dybala, what does that say about Lukaku? I know that Lukaku doesn't have the best scoring record against the top six teams i know i know he has some injury history i know um like all that stuff but he was huge he's a huge signing he's a great player what does it say if you buy another striker and i get that they want griezmann as well but you gotta pick you can't play three strikers you can't have so i think you know right off the bat he takes ibra's place Ibrahimovic would be done in that spot. But I think if you, like, I, I, I just can't figure it out as to what you do. So I have the first team up here, uh, and it's numerical order instead of um, order of position, but stick with me. So De Gea, Lindelof, Bailly, Jones, Rojo, Pogba, Mata... So Mata plays forward-ish, like on the side. Uh, Lukaku, Ibra, Martial, uh, Smalling, Lingard. Lingard has been playing better and better. Um, You know, Rashford is probably underplayed, as is Martial. Mkhitaryan is on his way out, but Dybala doesn't play where Mkhitaryan does. The only thing I'm thinking is if they put Dybala on the right wing as they have Juventus, which I've been advocating for this whole season to finally put him on the right wing, mm-hmm. which they have and he's had success. They could put maybe him there and Martial on the left with Lukaku in the middle, but then they still have Lingard and Rashford who are both young, uh, rotting on the bench uh, and you know, even giving them, trying to share play time. Assuming they, they pay $200 million for Dybala, you can't have him only playing half the games. That's, that's ludicrous. Right. He needs to start every single game. And putting him on the wing would make sense. But like you said, then you have Rashford and Lingard not doing anything. You're probably, Mkhitaryan's on his way out. Mata would probably get less and less time, right? I I just don't, I'm just not sure if I see it. Now, could you play him right behind Lukaku? Probably, but then how does that work in the midfield? Because you have Matic and you have... Pogba. Pogba plays in more of a free role while Matic kind of anchors towards the back a little bit. I don't know. So, you know, you can only have so many players on the field and you can only have so many strikers. Would you play Dybala right behind Lukaku? Would you play him on the side? And if you if you are listening to this and you have an idea of what Manchester United would do, or even if they would include a player in the deal with Juventus, feel free to tweet us at Stoll underscore P, at Joe Antonio C, and at Italian FD. Let us know what you think. Yeah. I, I just don't, I don't know. Does it make sense for branding? Yes. Does it make sense for performance because he's an incredible player? Yes, absolutely. Would I buy him? Yes, 100%. But it's that kind of thing where, you know, if you're playing FIFA and you say, oh, this player's available, I'll get him, and I have this much play money, and I'll get him, and then you look at your roster and you have too many players, right? And you've just spent so much time adding players that you haven't even thought about what you're going to do with them. That That is what this feels like. 
I feel like he would make so much more sense. Not even at Manchester United. I heard someone mention Liverpool. That's not going to happen. He's not going to replace Coutinho. Not the same player. Not the same price. Not going to. It's That's not. It's. I deny that. Um, the only other place I see him going is Barcelona. Because we've been hearing about it forever. But now they have Dembele. And they're about to have Coutinho. So along with Messi and Suarez, I almost feel like there's too much already in there at Barcelona. I think if he went to Real Madrid, he could just take Benzema's place. You know, I know that Benzema isn't like on his way out. Like he's not done, right? But he could easily slot in for Kareem Benzema, who has been performing, you know, below what they've expected, right? And they could just sell Benzema and recoup some of that money. They have all the money in the world, right? I think that that would be a much more likely landing spot. But shifting the focus back to Juventus, they will get only the price they want for him because they have all the leverage, Unless he hands in a transfer request, unless he makes a scene, unless he gets in fights with people or argues or there's a ton of gossip, then Juve don't have to do anything. If you want him, you can come get him. You need to buy him from us. Um, And uh, the only other place that I would throw out there is PSG, because Paulo Dybala's brother was photographed in Paris and his brother is his agent, and Juve actually were not happy about that at all, um, understandably so. PSG, since, you know, apparently they have more money than God and can spend more money than anyone else, and financial fair play doesn't impact them at all? I don't know. Uh, let me know. But, you know, if, if they were to get Dybala and pair him up, but again... You already have Cavani, Mbappe, and Neymar. You know all these all these teams that are trying to add DiBala don't necessarily need quote unquote need DiBala. Um, but Juve will be fine if they sell him or if they keep him. If they keep him, he'll go in the next year, right, for a ton of money, and they'll get another year out of him. Or they sell him, get a absolute king's ransom for him and more than make up for it and their team will be absolutely fine might take a step back because he's a world-class player but i don't think they'll suffer without him and i think selling him will be just fine uh remember uh for some transfer news italianfootballdaily.com and at italian fd you mentioned man united and psg uh funny enough both teams are interested in another Serie A superstar um, from Lazio. Uh, mid- Serbian midfielder Sergej Milinkovic-Savic um, is one of the hottest names on the transfer market right now. Yep. Uh, for those that don't know him, um, and for those uh, Premier League and maybe fans of other leagues who have not seen him play, uh, Milinkovic-Savic is a central midfielder for Lazio, uh, 6'3", Tall uh, individual, uh, great at aerial duels, great defensively, uh, almost like the Serbian Paul Pogba, who can ha- has a great eye for vision, passes mm-hmm. the ball extremely well, and has a scoring touch as well. He's he's got a bunch of goals in in Serie A this year, uh, including a brace a couple weeks ago against Atalanta in a three three thrilling draw. Uh, he is a, a big name that has been rumored, predominantly from Man United, who would love to pair him with Paul Pogba mm-hmm. and uh, his countryman um, Nemanja Matic uh, who uh, will is coming up in age and who Savic will likely replace not only on the Serbian national team but potentially at Manchester United. Um, anywhere in terms of fees, we're looking at a range of roughly... 70 million as of August of last year to a reported 120 million pounds uh, as of last this past week. So that's quite the range. 
Um, so in terms for Manchester United, um, you know, if if they want to get Griezmann and or DiBala and uh, Savic, somehow they're going to have to pony up a lot, find some money. Uh, which Jose Mourinho had actually been complaining about his owner not spending the money required to compete with Manchester City. So that's one dilemma for Manchester United, uh, for Savage. Uh, he'd look great over in England. I think he'd be the perfect player because he's tall, he's physical, but he would thrive just on the fact that he's more skilled. For a man that size, he's extremely skilled mm-hmm. and would pretty much dominate the, the Premier League. I think he'd be Premier League Player of the Year if he goes over there. Again, but what's the price? Because Claudio Lotito, the Lazio president, interesting character to say the least, <laughs> has been uh, throwing ideas around, just figures, you know, at random uh, to the journalists. Yeah, you know, 120 million. He just says it at the top of his head. We won't really know what the real price is, but it all depends on how far Lazio go. So they're competing on uh, three fronts still. Uh, not so much for the league, but they could pip that last Champions League spot. Uh, they're still in the UEFA, uh, excuse me, the Europa League, and uh, they're still in the Coppa Italia. Uh, they still they could still win trophies this season. Yep. So uh, and they're they're very competitive. Uh, Savage enjoys playing in Lazio. He's their best player. Plays right beside um, uh, Luis uh, Lucas Leva and Marco Parolo in the midfield, and they've been playing really well in a three-five-one-one under Simone Inzaghi. Mm-hmm. So either way, um, and by the way, Juventus has also been interested in Savage for quite some time. There were some rumors last summer, but the price tag was too high, and that was at $70 million. So depending on how his season goes, and as well, Serbia will be in the World Cup. Uh, they're a good young team, and he is uh, Savage is going to be one of the leaders on that team. And they're, they're, I picked them to really surprise in the World Cup. And if he does have a good tournament, um, he will definitely go for that price tag of 120 million pounds uh that they're speculating so he's a player that um i mean and it's funny as soon as manchester united were were interested in him psg the next day also got involved and also said that they were in talks with him because as you said they are richer than god and uh they can crap out money so yep uh and, and then but the, and he would look great in paris too alongside Marco Verratti, because uh, Thiago Motta is uh, getting older. He's, he's 35. He'll probably be done. They yeah. lost Matuidi uh, to Juventus last summer, so Savage could fit anywhere in that field. And then they would have a really scary team. Not that they, they don't have one now, but that would be really... Um, I mean, the, the Liga would just fold, and they would just you know just give them the title on day one and then yep. have them have them wrestle for the, the Champions League. So th- those are the two teams... And and Savage is definitely leaving Lazio this this summer. Yeah. Um. He will he will want more opportunities somewhere else. Lotito loves money, so he's gonna gouge whatever team is foolish enough to pay that sum. And I think Lazio, uh, in total, in terms of the Serie A teams, they're in probably the best spot because either way, they could they might make the Champions League, or they could or they'll be in a Europa. They'll play in Europe and still get exposure. But they're set to. Probably sell uh, Savage for for over 100 million euros. Uh, there also there's rumors about uh, Stefan De Vrij leaving as well. That could for uh, a pretty handsome sum as well. Yeah. So Lazio most likely uh, by the end of July, Lazio will have at least 150 million euros in their coffers. In addition to being in a European place, and should they even shockingly pass Roma for the Champions League? They'd have even more money. Uh, I don't know how much the, the prize payout is going to be, uh, if because now the Italian team is going to have four teams in the in the pool, so it'll be divided a little bit. But anywhere between thirty and fifty million euros tacked on if they make the Champions League, and that's a big if. But in addition to to the players they're about to sell, um, Lazio would be big big winners uh, in the transfer market in June. He's not going to Savage is not going to go anywhere right now, even though Man U and, and the other teams would love to have him now because he's not cup-tied and he could fit in, slot into the Champions League immediately. But uh, the chances of that are unlikely at this point because Lazio still have, uh, as I mentioned before, three trophies to play for right now. So, But that's definitely something to be revisited. And as soon as the season is done, we'll definitely be hearing uh, Milinkovic-Savic uh, again Um as he's the hottest name, besides Paulo Dybala, would arguably be the, the, the hottest name on the transfer market. Um, 
uh, funny enough, we mentioned this earlier in the po- uh, podcast, uh, Luciano Spalletti uh, telling reporters that um, there's no point of hoping for reinforcements in January because players like Javier Pastore, who was rumored for the longest time to come uh, come back to Italy, uh, mm-hmm. and Inter had been had been courting him since the summer, yep. uh, but were, were unable to uh, to purchase him. And uh, Pastore, who's right now on the bench at uh, at PSG, 28 years old, still has uh, many years to play, not getting any playing time. And he played many years here in Italy uh, with Palermo. Loves Italy. Uh, said you know publicly that he would he would love he would welcome a return to Italy. Um, but Inter is again with the FIFA Fair Play, they can't even spend 30 million euros. So. Uh, Saying that, and and we we t- discussed a little bit about the lack of their lack of depth, despite not being in uh, in, in in any other tournaments. Uh, Patrick, what do you think Inter should do in January? Should they stand pat? Maybe look for a bargain deal or a loan deal, maybe to try and um, if not challenge for the Scudetto, secure that third place uh, in the standings. First of all, I think Spalletti's right. I think. It's hard to expect new additions in January um, because players are cup-tied or the clubs don't want to let them go because it's so late in the season. I mean, it's the middle of the season. Like, It's hard to introduce a new player and have that seamless transition. Uh, very little time to prepare. You're just kind of thrown in like, okay, by the way, we have a game tomorrow. Um, so I get what he's saying. And... At the same time, I really don't think that Inter can afford to not add someone. Uh, Pastore, of course, makes a lot of sense. Uh, the most recent thing I've seen is Inter offering for Domenico Berardi uh, from Sassuolo. Uh, of course, he broke onto the scene a couple of years ago, had just a great season, especially when he just loved scoring against Milan. Uh, and he's kind of fallen down a little bit. Like, you don't hear about Berardi as, like, a bright, young Italian star right now anymore. Um, but that doesn't mean he's gotten less talented. I think he's really good. I think he would be a great addition. Um, and I think, you know, someone like Inter would be lucky to have him. He would be great depth. Um, I know that he's not in the midfield, and... What I see on Twitter a lot is that inner fans really, really want defensive reinforcements and midfield reinforcements. No, they definitely need fullbacks for sure. Absolutely, absolutely. And Barardi is not that. Um, I think he would be a great addition, though, because he he plays where Pastore would play. So I think Barardi would be great. He, he could play right away. He could, I guess... It doesn't matter that he's not cup ties to anybody because they aren't either. But I think Berardi would be a great addition. It's just a matter if they can spend the money. Because I would say that Berardi is worth more than like 30 or 25 or whatever, 20 million. You're not going to get Berardi. You're not going to pry him from Sassuolo for that little in the middle of the season. All right. He's a 40 million player, I think. And I think they're just going to say, you know what? We have no reason to sell them. We can just sell them in the summer if we need to. Uh, I, I definitely think they need fullback help. Where they go for that, I don't know. I don't know if that is, you know, I, I'm, I can't make up transfer rumors out of nowhere. Would I have said maybe they should look at Zappacosta when he was still at Torino? Yeah, but Chelsea picked him. Uh, they can't afford, like, the best ones. Um and financial fair play is just kind of restricting them. Um, not as badly as it will restrict Milan very soon, but uh, that's another thing. Milan don't. Milan need to add in the transfer window. But after the after the summer spending, we don't have. We barely have the. We didn't really have the money to spend in January, or excuse me, over the summer. <laughs> so how are we supposed to spend? in January, and yet they're still looking after some pieces. Um, Inter need to add someone. They need to add defensive room. They need to add... Uh, I think Berardi would be good. I think they need a midfielder, and I think they need a fullback and or a center back. 
Um, Skriniar has been great fullback. Uh, I definitely think they need a center back. Um, but other than that, I mean, they have a good team and only one competition is going to help them, help them a lot. But they just need team depth. Like, straight up, they just need depth more so than they need... Um, like, they don't need starters. So they're not going to go out and spend, like, $50 million. They need pieces, though, and what they don't have right now is a lot of depth. I don't know where they go exactly, um, but, I mean, that's what I would say they should go after. Yeah, I mean, I think they're fine. If they stand pat and do nothing, they'll be fine anyways. And then, and then once the summer hits, I believe the fair play... Uh, financial fair play restrictions will be a little bit eased they will have the champions league money in their pockets and most likely they'll have jao mario and uh perisic potentially gardi uh gone as well we don't know that uh, but he does yeah. he does have a release clause i think it's 110 million bargain so absolute um, bargain for icardi real madrid is going to pull the trigger on that so quickly yeah, and of course, Real Madrid, uh, who earlier this month, or rather earlier in December, said that he would be uh, the perfect replacement for Benzema. Yeah. But uh, we, I don't know about that. I mean, I always think I was like I always say, you know, uh, Real Madrid need everybody. Manchester United wants everybody, and PSG has everybody. So I, uh, it's it remains to be seen because. Like we were mentioning, like we were discussing earlier with Paul Pogba, like where do you put him on these big teams? I think if Paul Pogba moves to one of these teams, that's going to be that's going to be the first, the most important domino to fall in the transfer market across the world because then you have no choice but to sell another big name, and then the money's going to go around. And then should Juventus get that two fifty million or two hundred, even if it's two hundred million or one fifty million, the things they can do with that money, and they're already a strong team. I mean, they could drop DiBala, and they have, yeah. and they've still been winning. So imagine what they could do with an additional couple hundred million to rebuild their, uh, rebuild their midfield and defense for the future. Then they, I don't think they'd ever lose. No one would ever win a Scudetto again for the next decade. Yeah, I mean, it's a fair point. They they haven't really slowed down that much after selling Pogba. So who says they can't do it again? Uh, I am seeing something on Gianluca Di Marzio. Uh, before we kind of do a little roundup of some other transfer um, rumors, uh, before we wrap up the show, um, Inter want Brian Cristante, the former Milan man, now in Atalanta, uh, but Juventus also want him. And so does Milan, apparently, and from so what I read Milan, today. so does Milan, which, yeah. you know, come on home, buddy. Um, we need you. Uh, we need a lot of things, but <laughs> we'll take him back. You know, selling him was a strange decision, just like selling Sampanara. Um, but don't get me started. So he would help Inter a lot. Like that is the kind of signing that I'm talking about. Like he's not going to go for more than 25, 30, maybe. Um, and I think he would be a great addition to Inter. Do I want him to go there? No. But I also don't want anyone, like, for example, Emre Chan is reported to uh, have an agreement with Juventus to join on a free when his contract is up with Liverpool in the summer. That is a great addition. In my mind, that's a great addition for Juve in their midfield. As soon as Kadira goes, Chan steps right in. He will work excellently in their system. And, you know, that's the kind of thing. Juventus are so consistent in adding players, quality players. Emery Chan is 23. He's pretty good, yep. right? Yep. Quality players just go to Juventus, and they, they're so good at business. Yeah, and there's the, um, every day there's new reports come out that it's, it's becoming more and more likely. He, uh, there's interest from the player to go to the team. Obviously, the team needs they need midfield. Uh, they need help in the midfield. And mm -hmm. if, if Emre Chan wants to come to Juventus, which appears that his agent uh, wants to go, he wants to go. Um, it looks like they're closer and closer. They, they were trying for January. Um, he would have been cup tied regardless, but it, the added depth wouldn't, uh, it wouldn't have been, it's not necessary, but it would have been great. Uh, right. But for June, that would be a, a coup to get a 23-year-old player like that for free, just like they have with so many other players over the years. Uh, and... 
and like staying on the topic of Juventus, um, another player who's probably out the door. Well, I would say an eighty percent chance is Alexandro, who has not had a good season, uh, isn't happy and wants to leave. He's made it known. So, uh, if they can get fifty to sixty million for him, and they get Chan for free, and even in, and they keep DiBala, I would go ahead. I, I mean, I wish. I mean, as a Juventus fan, that and and as an Italian soccer uh, football fan, uh, I would urge Giuseppe Marotta and Paratici, the, the two managers of Juventus, to go out uh, and spend money on Milinkovic Savic, who has also been, to a lesser extent, rumored with Juventus. Obviously, mm-hmm. he's uh, the price tag would be enormous, but I think they would be able to work something out. Um, that just like how they did with DiBala, where. Zamparini at the time, the the owner of Palermo where DiBala was playing, said, "I'm not giving you a discount, Juventus. Uh, I'm going to sell uh, Paolo for a huge sum of money, and just because you're Juve doesn't mean I'm giving you a discount." Well, they ended up yeah. getting a pretty good bargain, forty million with bonuses in total, and I think that's a steal yeah. at this point. So, steal. very well could see something like a eighty million plus twenty million bonus or something like that for Savage. Uh, and if they could do that, if they sell, if they sell Sandro, and because um, they have Spinazzola coming in from Atalanta for free, right. he's, he's their yep. player covering that up. Uh, that's they have Deschilio already, Lirola from uh, their Primavera player, the Spaniard, Spanish right back uh, who's been playing at Sassuolo on loan for the last two years will return. So fullbacks, I would say they've they've got pretty uh, pretty much covered. Um, Chan in, in the center of the park with Savage to the right. And a Cristante at thirty million. Even if you have to sell a Pjanic or or a Marquisio uh, or a Kadira, who could still fetch twenty million. I mean, they would they would break even, and they would have a super team. They would compete um, and have so much depth. So uh, Cristante would look decent on on Juventus as well, just like he would on on Milan or or Inter. But I'm not really convinced with him, to be honest. Uh, wow. He's still he's still young. But I still want to see more from him before we go out and spend thirty million on a on a midfielder that who will just rot on the bench if he's on Juve because that's assuming they and they I mean, will. That's keep... what Bentaker is doing now. Yeah, and and Inter, uh, if everyone forgets, but they had they still have Roberto Gagliardini, who was uh, like the you know last year he was like a, a revelation on yeah, Atalanta, a breakout player, a breakout the year. player, yeah. and now he's he started the season uh, as a starter and now has moved. He's just been riding the bench for a while. So I don't think Inter need to spend money. You have some players there, and the Primavera team, just bring somebody up um, and then wait for the summer to really to do that and really assess your own talent, uh, which has been the problem for all Italian teams because they don't promote from uh, from within, from their, their academy teams. So I don't know. I would say, and, and for Milan's case, just put Locatelli as a full-time starter and then... Yep. You know, he could blossom and then you don't need Cristante who you gave up for practice, for nothing uh, three years ago. For nothing. Ago. Yeah, so, for nothing. Yep. I, I don't know. Uh, I think the Italian teams, they've got talent on their team. Just use them. Yeah. No, I agree. And real quick, so we, we can do a roundup here and then we can uh, call it a day. Again, thanks for uh, jumping on the podcast with me today. So here's the thing. So I've, I've seen rumors about Locatelli possibly being loaned to Torino or Fiorentina. And my message would be, don't. Um, Let's keep him. Uh, I don't want to see what happened to Sampanara, who is a solid starter, uh, and Cristante, who is a solid starter, both in Serie A. Um, I don't want to see that happened to Locatelli as well. Um, You know, I know Juventus wanted to throw some money for him in the summer, and Milan basically said, nope. Uh, That should be the response, period. He should be a full-time starter. He shouldn't go anywhere. Uh, Do I think they will loan him out? No, I don't. I think they're going to say, you know what, we're just going to keep this kid. Uh, We're going to give him more time anyway when Montalivo slash Bilia inevitably get injured again or just are not good. Um both of which are very realistic possibilities. Um, and also he is, I believe, 19. Um, uh, and 19, Bilia 20, yeah. Is, yeah, very and Bilia is 30. And Montalivo is like 32. So I want no parts of Manuel Locatelli leaving 
whatsoever. Um, I also, you know, there was an article published on Italian Football Daily earlier today um, saying that Milan could sell four defenders. And as a Milan fan, I said, what four defenders are we selling? We barely have four defenders that can operate normally. Uh, Paletta is possibly leaving to Sassuolo. They really want him. Uh, that would be a great signing for Sassuolo. He would add to their roster. Uh, and he's just sitting there for Milan. Now that they actually have a couple center backs who can actually play the game without getting a red card. Um, I, I don't think um, Paletta has gone. I mean, he's, he's out the door. Um, Gustavo Gomez, uh, who I wish they could have played more and kind of developed. He's a kid. Like, he's young. He's like 23. And he's on his way to Boca Juniors, pretty much. He's almost, he's almost gone. Um, that's also fine. Wish we could have used him more. Wish we could have developed him. Wish he could have gotten some more time. But I understand him moving to Boca. He'll be a good player for them. Um, the article goes on to say that Christian Zapata might be on his way out. I'm just going to say I don't think that's true. Uh, I think he's sticking around. Um, and then, according to uh, a Genoa paper, uh, Il Secolo XIX, um, Matteo Musacchio could be loaned to Genoa. And I've been told that Il Secolo XIX is pretty reliable with Milan and Genoa news. I understand that. I acknowledge that. I also acknowledge that I think Misakio is too good to just let walk, especially since they just got him. I don't think he's going anywhere. Um, a couple other just roundup things uh, before we wrap up. Um, you know, Napoli want Simone Verde. Uh, they want Sime Vershelko, who I think would be really good for them. Um, you know, a couple other things. Milan are looking to close that deal for Pellegri from Genoa. And I believe I've heard some other uh, whisperings about uh, Jankto from Udinese and uh, one other Moria, uh, who would also, again, be a really good addition. I think that's the kind of deals that you should see from Milan more of, you know, let's get some young guys with a little bit of experience, bring them in, get them time, or God forbid, <laughs> bring them in and loan them right back. It's like Milan has so infrequently bought someone and then loaned them right back for a year or two and then brought them in, i.e. Spinazzola, i.e. Caldera you know, that Juve have done. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So, you know, there are plenty of, there are plenty of other deals. Uh, Marco Jaka has made the loan move to Schalke. Uh, no option. It's just a dry loan. That's it. Yep. Just for this uh, remaining half of the season. And Juve will get him back if he can get healthy and then return to Juve. That's exactly what Juve are looking for. Um, you know, you mentioned DeVry earlier. Um, Napoli looking for Pizzella um, from Udinese. Chiesa has some rumors surrounding him. There are just a lot of rumors around here. Sticking with Napoli, they're uh, interested. We spoke about Berardi to Inter uh, earlier. Uh, Berardi has also been linked to Napoli. Um, pretty substantial rumors. Uh, he would be a great fit as a replacement for, for, for Callejon, uh, who is uh, reaching 30. So he'd be um, a great addition. So for Napoli, like, since they, I mean, the Europa League, they're in it, but they're, they're, they don't care for that. They're, yeah, it's not their priority. They will be out, yeah. They're, they, they don't care. So if they're out, they're out. But for the Serie, for the Scudetto, they would need to add yep. some depth. They have their uh, their forward, their striker, Roberto Inglese, who has been loaned out to Chievo, may return here. Um, Milik might be loaned out, but I don't think that's enough. They would need, uh, as you mentioned, uh, a fullback, Versalico. 
if if at Atletico Madrid would be inclined to let him go, I it would be a foolish move on the, on the Spanish uh, side's uh, part. But you never know, and uh, um, you know whether it's Berardi or another. They're looking for a right winger in Napoli. Uh, Politano from uh, Sassuolo, uh, Sassuolo, another winger. Verdi, another winger, uh, whose ambidextrous can shoot with both feet, as he demonstrated earlier in the season for Bologna, who he scored two free kicks, one with his left, one with his mm-hmm. right. Uh, all, all would be good fits as well. And on another note, uh, on a lesser uh, level, a lesser percentage of actually happening, uh, most recently from Gianluca Di Marzio.com, Alex Vidal from Barcelona uh, has also been rumored as a uh, right winger to bring in uh, for Napoli. So they're interested in on the flank, uh, the right uh, right fullback and right winger for now, uh, but they would definitely need a little bit more. They need to do something if they have any aspiration, any hope of winning that uh, Scudetto after, uh, since for the first since, since mm-hmm. 1990. They definitely need depth because they've been exploited several times their lack of depth has definitely shown for as good as they played there have been moments where um you know fatigues kicked in and they've dropped points because of that and also that the lack of depth hurt them in being eliminated from the champions league so what will napoli do that's they they've got to do something if they want to win the scudetto so badly which which they so badly do but um i don't know whether or not they're it depend remains to be seen whether the owner wants to um wants to actually compete with the big boys and spend some yeah. money. So, Aurelio De Laurentiis, the ball's in your court. I agree with you. I think Napoli, they need to add. Uh, Juve, they don't need to add at all. They can they can just sit, do what they do, and, you know, if Napoli win the title, that's an upset. And if Juve win the title, then look at them. They're smart. Uh, they do their business in the summer. They don't do their business in January. Um Inter need to add, Napoli need to add, uh, Milan need to add to just strengthen the squad and actually compete for something. Um, and as for Roma and Lazio, I don't think either of them will add major pieces. I think they're solidly where they want to be, which is Champions League. They're not going to win the title, uh, but I think they will add some pieces. Uh, that's all the time we have for today. Joe, thank you so much for joining me, man. Uh, this has been a blast, uh, and uh, I'm sure I will be talking to you soon. Really appreciate your time, buddy. Friendly reminder, at Italian FD, that's Italian Football Daily and ItalianFootballDaily.com. Uh, I'm Patrick Stoll, at Stoll underscore P, and of course Joe is at Joe Antonio C. Thanks so much for listening. For Joe, I'm Patrick, and for the staff of Italian Football Daily, have a good one. We'll talk to you next time.